0: welcome to vibe talk awaken i'm your host vibe queen on the show we will get to know artists entrepreneurs and coaches living life and their truth after experiencing an awakening we'll talk about their journey wisdom and any tools they've learned along their path thank you so much for being here Hello, and welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. And this week, I'm so excited to have a very special guest. He interviews people as well. So welcome, Jordan. Uh, Before we get into our conversation, I'm going to talk a little bit about you. So you are a radio host at 103.5 KISS FM in Chicago. I know you've lived there for about seven years. You love music, the entertainment industry, but ultimately, you're a storyteller. And I'm very excited to get into some stories today. So welcome, Jordan. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Welcome. So every single episode, I always ask my guests what their awakening story is and their journey, what got them to where they are today. So tell everybody a little bit about your background and uh, what brings you here.
1: Yeah, I, uh, when I got out of college, I thought that, you know, I was going to be a rapper. I wanted to be heavily in the music industry in that capacity. And over time, I you know found myself not loving it as much as I thought I would. And then transitioned into radio. And ever since I've been there, it's been a great fit. You know, I've, I've had a great time learning a different side of the music industry and uh, really, you know, getting to enjoy other people's stories uh, just through interviewing and, and being able to connect with so many people, you know, listeners as well as artists just all across the board. It's, it's been a really great journey.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So I know we connected a couple months back. And one of the things that really impressed me about you was the fact that you take a real big priority in mental health and self love and your well being. And you know, we have very vulnerable conversations on this podcast. so I really want to dive deep. And so can you share with us a little bit about just what your awakening was like to, I guess, just tapping into that, especially as a man and, you know, uh, Typically, that's not something we we discuss as much, mental health. So I would love to hear your journey to that and what brought you to that awareness that, hey, this is a priority and I need to take it serious.
1: I think I grew up in a particular situation in which I would move a lot. Uh, and a lot of the time I would spend sort of this, you know, kind of guy who was window shopping just in terms of seeing people who had been in the same place uh, their entire lives. But to see all these different walks of life and then kind of look back at my own, you know, You really begin to have a a higher level of awareness and less accountability. And and as I moved into my twenties, you know, there there were things that I realized just generationally that didn't go on that I thought should just in terms of that same level of accountability and and how you know men can move around the earth as opposed to women, how black people can as opposed to white people or can't uh, really, and just being able to you know, see people who don't know how to handle their own emotions and even really uh, looking inward and, and realizing the fact that there were things that I wasn't addressing or I don't like how I handled myself in certain situations. That level of awareness that I had always had had, uh, you know, kind of driven that uh, sort of thing. Like I need I need help with with some of the emotions that I have going on inside me because I don't want to repeat, you know, things that have happened, uh, like I said, again, generationally, you know, I wanted to be on top of who I was as a person. And the only way for me to do that was to really, uh, seek, uh, outside help, uh, and, and go to therapy and and get clarity on, uh, you know, my own emotions, things I couldn't, uh, really handle. So it's an ongoing journey, but I think everybody should, should take the the step forward and, you know, that gets tough, but that's, that's all a part of life.
0: Yeah, for sure. So before we talk about therapy and what that's done for you, I want to go back a little bit and talk about, um, I guess, your childhood and your teen years and just, you know, your experience with music and what led you to now radio. So can you share with us your experience of of, uh, growing up and who Jordan was as a kid?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I... Uh, Ever since, like, at the age of nine, uh, I moved, like, every three years. So I was born in New Jersey, and then I uh, lived in Arizona, Nebraska, New York, and now uh, Chicago, Illinois. And, you know, in some places, I was around people that looked like me, and other places, I was, like, the only black person. So that was definitely a culture shock, but that added to, you know, my awareness, and my escapes became... Uh, you know, writing uh, and writing music heavily. Uh, When I was uh, living in Nebraska, I was the only black person, students, faculty, staff in middle school, which was just so crazy. Um, And there was, it was hard to, you know, really understand that, you know, I think regular teens want to have those issues of, you know, oh, does the cute girl like me? I hate math class, uh, you know, all the the regular stuff. But I had that. And I'm the only Black person. People don't understand what it's like. And the place I was in was, you know, fairly racist. So yeah, I had that's, that's a lot. Own, yeah, right. Uh, I had my own escapes that I had to come up with and, and writing music was was one of them. So that kind of drove me to, you know, rap and uh, you know, start becoming this uh, sort of different persona, I could be this person, it was almost like Bruce Wayne and Batman, you know, I, when I was rapping, mm-hmm. I, I put that, uh, that mask on, and it, it became easier to to navigate life. And so that took me into, you know, my college years after college, I was uh, rapping, had a, uh, had a bad experience uh, playing a festival. And I wanted to, you know, kind of take a step back and reevaluate my life for a little bit, because I think, uh, while the music was going great, I had spent too much time, uh, I guess to keep the metaphor alive, uh, wearing that that mask and not really being in touch with myself. So I had all these people who knew uh, a really good artist but didn't know who Jordan was. And to some degree, I don't think I knew who Jordan was. So um, getting out of music you know, at the forefront began to... Uh, really give me an idea of of the person i was creating within myself uh and sometimes the the lack thereof um mm-hmm. so you know radio while still in some sort of spotlight just kind of adjacent uh you know I, I i slowly realized that you know there's not a lot about me that i know or that i've really taken uh into account and and i think that's where the the whole you know therapy thing kind of tied in it was you know i've i've lived so long being this person for somebody else. Like, who am I really? So yeah, that's, that's really how I got into, uh, radio and, and things like yeah. that.
0: So I want to ask you a question. I'm really curious because I grew up in Holland and I was one of four black kids in my school. And so I can relate to your story. I wasn't the only one that's like, Whoa, but I, I'm just curious how it shaped your mentality as an adult and you mentioned racism as well and i experienced that as well like i remember my mom would pick me up from school i'm biracial my mom's white And, you know, kids would say, oh, where's your actual mom? Because other kids, you know, were adopted and they just assumed I was too. Or they're like, oh, that's not your mom. That's your nanny. Right. And so little things like that, where they would make fun of me or, you know, microaggressions. And as a kid, you don't really know what's going on. Or the teachers would say things, you know, I remember, you know, I was speaking Dutch, but they would refer to my hair as nappy and things like that. And like, it's like, you don't know better as a kid. And I'm I'm curious if um, the experience you had, did that shape your outlook when you became an adult, and I guess I know it's maybe a a vulnerable question, but h- how do you feel about I guess the current climate in the world now, and has that impacted your decisions? I'm just very curious to hear your perspective
1: yeah, um I think growing up, it was a challenge because I was like I had said, the only black person there, so to them i wasn't they always told me that I wasn't like their type of black, which was really just like commercially black. I wasn't the person who was really good at sports or really good at rapping or, you know, I wasn't selling drugs. So because I didn't fit those three things, all these white people would always tell me I'm not black. He's like, oh, Jordan's not like a real black person, you know, because of ABC. ABC. Um, wow, and then once I moved to New York, yeah. you know, I was around... A lot of black people, but they would also be like, you're not black because you're too whitewashed Mm -hmm. to be one of us. So, there was right. really this disconnect yeah. in terms of race, you know? Like I I wasn't black to anybody, so I would always lean on, okay, how do I be the best Jordan I can be because obviously I fail <laughs> at being black all across the board. So I would always be the guy who was like, "Oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color," but not for like the ignorant reason, for like the total like polar opposite end of the spectrum. Like race has been thrown in my face so much so negatively from yep. every aspect that what's the point of it? You know, it's, it's a, it's a, a knife in my back uh, in every situation. So how do I be the best Jordan? How do I take race out of uh, the the situation? And if I could rap really good, it didn't matter how black I was or wasn't. And that's how the music kind of projected me to be this persona rather than really focus inward on, on those you know, unresolved emotions in terms of my outlook on race. And to answer your second question, now it's uh, I don't feel those things anymore. You know, like I'm I'm definitely someone who's like I'm black. I'm black as fuck because each person is is defining what black is. You know, like we're not monolithic. Like just because one black person says I'm not black doesn't mean I'm not black. I define black the way you define black, the way the next person defines black it's it's um to each their own really also it's it's like a catch-22 because no other race ever does mm-hmm. this you know like like white people don't have to define what white is asian people don't necessarily have to define what <laughs> That's such a asian good is. point you, no you know like it's 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 <laughs> a lot a of stuff point. yeah a lot of stuff right. that you know we we don't we don't talk about or it's it's a it's like a double standard that. yeah you know black on black crime it's, it's the exact same thing, Yeah. even though we're all
0: human. Right.
1: You know, we don't, we don't talk about what other races are doing in terms of their race. Like that's crazy. So as of now, it's, it's just, it's a constant reminder what it, what it means to be black, you know, it's, uh, there, this is, this skin is Mm -hmm. a target, but it's to them, but you know, to me, it's, it's a medal of honor. I, I wouldn't change, you know, if, I was conscious while being born. I wouldn't go to God like, "No, I want a lighter tone." That would never happen. Like I love being black and I would I would do it again a second time. It's right. hard to see. It's it's definitely hard to yeah. uh watch in the world, but you know, like the, I, I can't change anything about how I look and I don't plan on it. So You know, I just have to show up every day and say that when I'm in these spaces, I'm a black man in these spaces and I'm making the best of my time in those spaces.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I just resonate so much with what you just shared, because that's literally been my life as well, because growing up in Holland, it's like I'm just being Tamisha. Right. And it's like I was reminded of my race every day because of other people. Right. Oh, your lips, you're this, you're that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I don't look like everyone else. And then it gave me this insecurity of like, okay, I guess I should straighten my hair because my natural curly hair isn't beautiful because everyone makes fun of it. You know, even teachers is like, it's unprofessional. So I come to this country. First thing I begged my mom, perm my hair, please. I want to perm. I want to perm, please. And mom's like, you have beautiful, long curly hair down to your back. I was like, cut it off. I want it short and I want it straight. I want to look like the white girls. When I go to America, I want to fit in. I want to be a cheerleader. And again, this is not me. You know, is not racism. It's just, I want to fit in. I'm 14. I'm a kid. I was just bullied, you know? So you just want to be a part of it. And so I perm my hair. I come to America. I'm all excited. I'm like new in New Jersey with an awkward accent. Right. My, my Dutch (laughs) and what do I get? Oh, you know, you're trying to be a white girl. You're not, you're not black enough. And it's like, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be a white. I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just trying to be accepted. And it's like, oh my God, now, now it's this. And then some people, well, you look Hispanic. Oh, you don't speak Spanish. You have a funny accent. So it's just like race was always thrown in my face. And then, you know, as an adult, same thing, like, oh, you can't wear your hair natural. That looks unprofessional. And I remember one job, they even changed my name from Tamisha like, yeah, it sounds a little ghetto. We're going to go with Tammy.
1: And I was so insecure.
0: I'm not kidding you. I was so insecure that I was like, okay, I guess I'm a Tammy now. And guess who gave me that name? It was another black woman.
1: That's crazy.
0: It's interesting. Race has been so thrown in my face. I know, I know. And this was in New York and race was thrown so much in my face that it was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore. And then, you know, once I had my, my awakening two years ago, it's like, I went on this path and now I'm like, I don't identify with any of these labels. It's all silly to me. We're all human. Right. And it's so funny how you mentioned just now. Um, we seem to be the only race that makes such a big deal out of all of this. And like, why is that? Right. So it's, it's very interesting. And I love your awareness and just your, ability to be able to just recognize that. And I recognize that as well. Um, But yeah, I find the humor in it now. I think previously I would get very angry and upset, you know, and like, ah, but I'm like, (laughs) that energy is not serving me. And that's not paying my bills. I'm not going to progress in life. So I need to focus on being the best me. And so I really love that you said you recognize how can I be the best Jordan? And that's brilliant. And I think that's the key is to not have that victim mindset. So what was it in you that made you recognize I'm not going to have this victim mindset because you're freaking successful in your career.
1: Like Thank considering,
0: you. you know, the music, you said you had a bad experience and now you're this, you're a radio host on 103.5 kiss FM. Like that's freaking huge. So what <laughs> made you. you recognize this victim mindset is not serving me?
1: I would um, love to I, hear that. I think I got it early on, you know, uh, it just because you know you you move so many times over and over again and you try to compartmentalize all these different things all these friends you're never going to see again all the things you were trying to pursue whether it was sports or uh, a certain club as as a teen and it, you you keep just the fact that you're moving even whether it was to a, a better place or not that was just a blow because you get to see that's always thrown in your face as well. The fact that like there are other kids here who don't have that, who have been in the same place. They've established themselves. They know who they are as as much as they're going to be, you know, by the time they're 14, 15, 16, whatever the case may be. And here I am, I still feel like in, in certain ways after, you know, moving this many times, I still feel like I'm nine years old, even though I'm like 16 at the time, just because of all the times I've had to start over and, and re- kind of stifle myself um and and it was there at a at a young age that i was like okay i got to catch up to everybody i can't sit here and be all woe is me the race thing also had me down but it was like okay i don't have anybody to talk to right. about that because no one else looked like me so it was about okay how do i make sure that i'm empowering myself if if i can't lean on the fact that i'm black if i can't lean on the fact that you know i don't have these friends it was, it was the raps. It was, you know what? I'm just going to bar out. Like I got to figure out how to make my songs like undeniable. Like if I'm in a room with other rappers, I have to eat them alive because all you need to know about me is that I've spent a good amount of time rapping and and being good at that. You don't know me for being black. You don't know me for being the new kid. You know me because he's going to rip another artist's head off. And that's, it that's all if I could keep that thought in your mind alive and only that it didn't matter any like nothing else mattered and that was that was how I got out of the the victim mindset was nothing matters bar out all right just 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 do what you came to do
0: Ah, oh. oh, I love that I love that I swear that is like your clip that I'm gonna edit out <laughs> Because that's just so empowering, right? I feel like that's the message we need to hear today. Seriously, because I scroll on social media, you turn on the news, all you hear is just tragedy after tragedy. And I'm not denying what's happening, but how can we lift up? How can we empower ourselves? How can we take our power back and recognize regardless of you know what we look like? we have the power to step up and step into that. And we can create our own reality. So let's talk about the reality you've created for yourself. How did you get into radio? um, And how did you get to the position you are in today where you're interviewing people? You know how the business works. Like if you wanted to drop an album, you know exactly what to do. I think it's an incredible thing. Can you share that with us?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got into radio, you know, after uh, I had this huge experience uh, at South by Southwest that just left a bad taste in my mouth in terms of being an artist. I came back to Chicago. It took all the money I had to get back uh, or even survive down there. So I came back uh, fairly broke. I didn't want to, you know, really pursue music anymore. But at the same time, I needed to do something. uh, So I was like, work in a a dead end job and then heard on the radio that they were like hiring people for like just part-time promotions positions, you know, and uh, it would be not glamorous at all. Just giving out t-shirts at certain events, you know, Uh, Just just little like paraphernalia kind of merch things for the station and not just like KISS FM, but all the stations that iHeart had under its umbrella in Chicago. So sometimes I was working for the country station, sometimes the rap station, sometimes the gospel station. So I was doing that, did that for a year and I would sit there and, you know, I'd be at these events for like five, six hours, setting up, doing it, breaking down for like ten dollars an hour. One of these radio jocks would come in for two hours, take some photos with some people, shake some hands and then make like almost a rack and then be like, all right, man, had a good time meeting you. Uh, I'm out. And it was just like like no work Bye. at all for, yeah. for a ton of money. You know, and I was like, you know what? I can do that. Like I've, I've played shows. I've done all this stuff. Like I don't need to be giving out T-shirts. So then I spent a summer just learning a radio board uh, slept at the station, you know, took all the, the positions or jobs that, uh, no one, no one wanted doing a lot of overnight stuff, right. I'd have to be there from 11 to like 5. AM. And then if there was like a board operator gig, I was snatching it up. I was like, you know, same mentality. I'm, I'm doing that. Like, this is what I came to do. I'm going to do it. So I would get there like Thursday night and like low key wouldn't leave until like, Sunday or Monday morning um, and just spend weekends for a whole summer at the radio station, just trying to grab as many gigs. And like uh, during those overnight shifts where you're just like really just making sure everything's running. I would be in one of the studios just making like demos. Like how would I sound on air creating that on air personality that, you know, just, and then like shipping them mm. out to the guy who is my boss now. And like every week I'd be like, yo, did you listen to my, my demo? And he's like, no, I'm gonna get to it. It's like, all right, cool. You got like six days. Cause I'm gonna hit you with another one every week. Bow, bow, bow. Just annoying the hell out of this guy. Like, no, Jordan, I didn't listen to it. I'm like, all right, bro. Well, you got another six days. Cause I'm gonna send you another mm-hmm. one. And then by the end of the summer, he came to me be better with his boss and was like, uh, we got a we got a graveyard shift for you. But if you want to be on the air, uh, you know, this is your shot. And so I started, you know, I think my first gig was like uh, Sunday morning, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, and that's like the worst possible. I don't think anybody's listening at that time, but it's lit, you know, like I was like, we got to do it live. We got, we got to get it going crazy. And then they gave me like a Monday right. morning, three to 5. a.m. Yes. And I was like, all right, if I got to be there too, boom, I'm going to make it popping, You know, for those five or six people who are awake right now, we going to do that. And then slowly, but surely, you know, okay, now I'm on weekends at night, uh, eight to 12. Mm. Now I'm doing overnights Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 5 a.m. And just kept my head down and kept grinding. And then uh almost it's been like a year and a half now. I've been it's yeah, a year and a half uh doing nights Monday through Friday, seven to midnight. So same sort of mentality. Like let's let's get back to work, you know. Let's I'm cool. Thank you for the little promotion. Thank you. I appreciate it. No time to celebrate. Let's get back to work. And uh just just that sort of, you know, hitting the pavement, like just getting to it. That's that's how that's how it happened. Here I am talking to people, running right my mouth.
0: Wow. So how, how long was that journey from when you started with the promotions to where you are now?
1: I did promotions. I started promotions uh, 2015. I did that for a year. Uh, May of 2016, I started doing the board out thing, and I looked my mom in the face and I was like, by by the end of summer, I'm a, I'm gonna be on the air. And then September 3rd, uh, 2016, they gave me a call and said, do you want do you want this, this overnight, this little graveyard shift? And I was like, hell yes, I do. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And then ever since then, wow. so, that's pretty so it's, been, it's been some years. Amazing. Yeah, six, like I can like tears. cry.
0: I have like tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like this is amazing.
1: This Thank is you. so Thank cool. You. I literally Thank have
0: goosebumps. I do because <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like people just feel like shit happens overnight or, You know, once you see somebody successful, it's like, oh, put me on. It's like, no, you got to put in the work and you have to be consistent. And I love the fact that you were in there and you made a demo every single week. And you're like, "Okay, you haven't listened. That's fine. I'm going to have another one. And it's so cool because by the end of it, you obviously sounded so much better than from demo one. So the fact that he saw that consistency and that hustle, it's like you were already showing up for the job that you wanted. So, of course, he's going to offer you the job. You're already doing it. Oh, yeah. So I just love that. So whoever's listening to this episode right now, if you have a dream, if you have your sights set on something, you need to put in the work. There is no shortcut. And consistency, I think that's the one people really sleep on, is the consistency of pumping it out week after week after week after week. Um, What other advice would you give to those listening that may feel like they have a dream, but they don't know how to get to where you got? Whatever that may be, what other advice would you give?
1: um first off, luck is the work they don't see. Uh, I think that is something that stuck with me for a really long time, just believing in what that means. but in terms of uh you know people who have a dream like really chase it, and you know you gotta really isolate your your mindset when you're when you're in there. You can't compare yourself to what other people are doing because You know, somebody's going to get in through the door because they knew somebody there. You know, sometimes it's not about the work. It's really about the connections. And you got to make sure that at the same time, while your hard work is, you know, speaking for you, that it's speaking to the right people. You know, I know some of the best rappers ever who have no recognition because they hang out with all the wrong people. You know, you want to, if you're the smartest person in the room, uh, it's about time you get out of that room. You know, so just really really uh, sticking to your hard work and making sure that that hard work is is reaching the right people. And sometimes it's not even about hard work. Funny story, um, when I first started board hopping, because I was, you know, once I was fed up from, you know, just giving out like t-shirts and cups and stuff, uh, somebody was like, oh, you got to talk to this guy if you want to be a board op. And I went up to him at work and I was like, hey man, I'm really interested in board hopping. Can you show me how to do that? He flat out looked me in the face and was like, no. And I was like, okay, word. Had to go back to the drawing board. What am I going to do? A friend of mine took me out for drinks one time. We ran into the guy who gave me the no, found out that he's a big Saturday Night Live fan. I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, still watch it pretty religiously. And we just started cracking jokes that whole night, just just old Saturday Night Live skits. And, you know, by the end of the night, me and him were boys that Monday morning at work. He was like, bro, that was a crazy night. We got to do that again, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, could you teach me how to board up? He was like, yeah, come in tomorrow. So it's, it that had nothing to do with my work ethic. That was really just, okay, I'm in that room. Like I was saying before, when you're in that room, own that space. If that's somebody who you know Like, oh, okay, that's somebody who could put me on. Figure them out. Don't come up. You know, that elevator pitch is definitely something real. You know, don't be like, oh, you know, hey, you do this. This is why you should hire me. Uh, You know, people don't want to be constantly attacked in the face, like have those people skills to be like, okay, what's what's this dude about? How do I become friends with this guy before I start asking him? things that I want from him, you know? So then by the time I'm ready to be like, yo, I'm trying to do this. He was like, oh, say less, come on in tomorrow. And then it, you know, this, you gotta, you gotta have that element as well. How to, how to, you know, work a a conversation.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You want to lead with value. You want to know what the person who can help you, how can you help them first? I always believe in giving up, Right. Because if you can give up, you already stand out from everyone else because everybody's asking, 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 how can I give? How can I help you? How can I be of service to you? Immediately, Uh, you're already going to stand out. Right. So I think that's such good advice. Um, Another question I want to ask you, you mentioned luck. What does luck mean to you?
1: Yeah, I was saying before that luck is the work they don't see, you know, everybody. When when a new artist or a, a new radio talent or whoever new in your field is pops up out of nowhere, people are like, Oh, that person's lucky. They gotta be lucky. It's like, no, you just don't know what I did to get here. You, you know, just got there's,
0: lucky. okay.
1: There's there's a uh, you know, just because I'm not advertising okay. the the amount of hours I was, you know, doing those overnight gigs and and sleeping at the station, like that story's not glamorous by any means. I wasn't trying to tell anybody that at the time. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I think this is going to pay off. So then out of nowhere, a lot of people, not just in Chicago, but on a, on a national level in terms of radio, they're like, okay, who is this? Who's this new cat who came out of nowhere, uh, doing radio, you know, it was like, okay, you don't, you don't need to know what, what I did. And if you think I'm lucky, that's cool. That's, that's your prerogative. I can't stop you from that, but I got my agenda and my prizes or my eyes on the prize of, yeah. uh, being the night guy in Chicago and boom, boom, boom made that happen. So just because y'all didn't see the, the work that I put in doesn't mean it wasn't there. So like I said, to close out, <laughs> luck is the work they don't see.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Luck is the work they don't see. And it's so funny. Those that tend to be lucky, right? Tend to be the people that are putting in that work and are consistent. And I love that you mentioned it's not all about hard work. It's working smart as well. And it's yeah. true. I I know so many singers and even rappers that are super, super talented that can outsing me, but it's like, they don't know how to have a conversation or they're not yeah. friendly or approachable or, or quote unquote likable. And it's like, if people don't want to, you know, you have to be, people want to have to want to work with you. Right. Yeah. So they don't mm-hmm. care how talented you are. If you're not a likable person, or if you're just thinking about you're coming from ego I know I'm the shit. I know I'm a great singer, right? So I don't have to do this or that. It's (laughs) like, yeah, well, you're not going to get very far. And I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. So I think that's really solid advice. I want to switch the convo a little bit and get a little bit spiritual since this is a spiritual podcast Oh yeah. um, and talk about what spirituality means to you. I would love to hear if you have any self-love or self-care practices or maybe anything your therapist has taught you that has helped you to stay more present.
1: Um, so this is something I've been doing since I was like wild young, and I feel like I got it from I maybe like a cartoon show or something off of TV, but like wake up every morning, look yourself in the mirror and just tell yourself to win. Like just you know, when you're brushing your teeth or whatever, just be like, I'm gonna win, bro. like win today, you you got up today, win. And then in terms of like what my therapist has taught me, he's got like two core, values or, or two core pillars of like success and that's values and boundaries. You know, as long as everything that you do uh is purpose driven and that purpose is mm-hmm. your personal values and boundaries, you'll be so well off in the world. You know, if, if something uh that's going on or if there's a person who sits outside of what you believe in or what your boundaries are, there's no need for you to be a part of that. And granted, you know, like sometimes you're going to pull down those boundaries for certain people. You know, you, you've you got family members, close friends you've had for a long time who are doing something that you don't like, but that love kind of trumps what your boundaries are. That'll happen. But, you know, as long as you're constantly reminding yourself, you know, what is important? What does Jordan value? What does Vibe Queen value? You know, what are, are our boundaries uh, in any situation? As long as you're standing on those two things, you'll be, you'll be set. And sometimes it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's hard to really, stay solidified within your values and boundaries. But, uh, once you overcome those, those tough situations, you know, whether you got to cut a friend off, uh, you know, like that's the last time you're going to interact with them. It might be hard, but that, that feeling of, of overcoming that is so much better. You know, that you, that's you saying, I just took the opportunity to respect and love myself. And that's where I think real, uh, self-love comes from. Or, or what what the work towards self love looks like in case people are always like oh everybody's talking about self love what is it it's you being able to respect yourself in those those tough moments you know and that feeling that in that intangible kind of emotion that you get like yeah that was tough but I did that for me that's what self love is
0: very well said and not always easy for sure for sure you can talk about it until you're in the situation you're like yeah. oh I know what I got to do and that's when <laughs> it can be really tough. So I have a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. Um, Of course. One of my favorite questions to ask my guests is what is your philosophy on life?
1: Oh, wow. What is my philosophy on life? I guess like fake it till you make it and have fun doing it. You know what? I've been through so much uh, that I'm just like, what really matters? You know, what, what even matters? Uh, But figure out what does though, figure out what does matter to you and hold on to that real tight. You know, whether, whether it's a a small group of close friends, family, your work, your hobbies, whatever, you know, really matters to you. Cause there's a lot of bad out in the world, especially right now. It's, it's constantly in our faces. Um, There's so much that you should not care about. Like there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to care about, but those two, three, four things, care about them and care about them a lot. Like, like give them 110% and, and make that your world. Thank you till you make it and have a lot of fun doing it.
0: I really like that. That's been my motto for 2021 is to be more playful and have more fun and literally play with my friends. I know it sounds yeah. like I'm a kid, but you know what? We are <laughs> no, just keep, all big kids, right? Keep your and inner I feel child like especially alive. within you the gotta keep industry, child industry, we can get Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like we can get so serious. And you know, like I said, the news and politics and everything is so serious that I really love your philosophy is there's a lot of shit you don't have to put your energy on. There's enough people that are putting their energy on it. Right. first and foremost that pick the things that matter and hold them dear to you so i think that's really solid advice so two more questions number one is i have to ask this because yeah. you played one of your songs for me when we when we first connected oh, and i was yeah, like yeah, dude you got to make more music so <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot right now i'm okay. putting you on the spot right now okay. are we going right. to hear more music from jordan in the future
1: yeah, Um. so today, actually, uh, a buddy of mine uh, just put out his album, his new album, Taylor Mallory. Uh, it's called The Challenge Sessions, Sessions Volume 1. I think he was challenging himself, and I could be wrong. So, Taylor, I'm sorry if I don't have this right. I think he was trying to do like a song a week for like a year um, or something like that. And uh, in one of the songs that made it to the album, wow. uh, t- track three called Be There, I Am Featured On, Um, so yeah, in terms of music from FOSS, that's my rap name, F-O-S-S, uh, that's out right now. Um, so you can can hear me, I'm, I'm back making music and and doing that whole thing again. So, uh, to, to answer long story short, your answer is now it's, (laughs) it's today.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much because, you know, I'm a very, very, uh, transparent, uh, Person and host. And, you know, for those of you listening, we actually had to re record this interview, which honestly, I'm so grateful we had to. That's why the universe is just perfect and divine yeah. because this interview has so much freaking positivity and love. And I'm just vibing so high right now. And I'm sober, by the way. Um, but I'm just like <laughs> feeling so amazing. And I remember I asked you this question, and you were like, I can't claim that I'm a rapper if I'm not doing it. I have this oh, motto yeah. that if I'm not, if you're not doing it, you can't say that you are that. I yes. remember you saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And so it just brings me so much freaking joy right now that you have a song out, which means you are a rapper. You are an artist <laughs> right now. And like, I just, I just needed to share that. So that just really yes. makes me really happy. So
1: yes. no. yeah, that just, just you beaming. say it back. So last makes last me question really Georgia, happy. before
0: we wrap up. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Uh, last question before we wrap up, I always end the show with this. And that is what are your words of wisdom that you want to leave our audience with that has guided you thus far. And uh, yeah, the floor is yours.
1: What, mm, what do I wanna leave everybody with? What's a good, oh, okay. All right, I got one, I got one. No pressure. Um, (laughs) If, how does it go? If art is how we decorate space, music is how we decorate time. Oh,
0: dude, okay. That's fire. I mean <laughs> that's it right there. Do you have this recorded in the song? No, no, a song? No, no, I out? no, I haven't
1: I haven't I haven't put that in a song. I don't think I'm ever gonna put it in a song because I think that would take away from its it's, it's majesty or, or it's pizzazz. Um, I think that's just, um, I think it's just a nugget that people should have. I'm a big guy. Uh my whole thing is free info. I don't want to hide anything. I'm not a gatekeeper by any means. If I've got something that can help you, I'm going to share it. If you've got something that can help me, I would hope, you know, you would, you would do the same, but, uh, I'm all about free info. Uh, it's, 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 my something my might tat on my forehead. Yeah. If that that little nugget, if that could help anybody, if art is how we decorate space, music is how we decorate <laughs> I like time. That. Yeah, no, I, I want to give that. I want to let everybody know that. Put that in your pocket. You can bring that if out at parties. People will be like, oh, space. shit.
0: I love that. Music is how we decorate time. That is beautiful. That is your quote for the show. (laughs) You heard it here on Vibe Talk Awaken. Jordan, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure. I, I adore you. I think you're so amazing. I love your spirit and your vibe. If you can let everybody know how they can best support you, where they can hear the song, where they can follow you and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show a second time now. This is always great. I'd I, If you ever want me back, I would, I would totally do it. Um, you can find me. All my social media is on yeah, air, sure. J-R-D-N. The song uh, is called Be There. Uh, that's on all streaming platforms right now. It's Taylor Mallory featuring Foss. And then you should also, I don't have an album out right now, but yeah, check out uh, Taylor Mallory's whole album, The Challenge Session. Sessions. I can't say sessions anymore. This is weird. Um, but yeah, check out that album Uh, that's out right now and listen to track three a million times so you can hear my verse thank you
0: again yes stream it up amazing awesome jordan thank you all for listening and until next time Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you value. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment and go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It does make a difference. Thank you again and until next time.